together growing in faith, changing communities. Dear friends, today I would like us to reflect on the book of Numbers, chapter 21 from verse 4 to verse 9. The thing that I want to start with today is the people that were on the journey from slavery to the promised land. They have left Egypt. They have left a place of slavery. They are on the journey, en route, going towards the promised land. They are not there yet. And while they were on the journey, the author says to us, the people became impatient on the way. They got tired and they became impatient. And that's an important thing to note. Along the journey, they lost focus. Along the journey, they realized that they are in a no man's land. They are neither in Egypt nor in the promised land. They have moved from the known. They are moving towards the unknown. They have moved from the place of comfort. They are moving to a place of discovery. And yet, in the midst of it all, they find themselves impatient with themselves, with God, and with Moses. And that makes sense from human speaking or from human experience. Because to a large degree, we all want a sense of security. We all want to know what's going on in our lives. We all want to have control of the events that are taking place in our lives. And so these people find themselves in the wilderness, in the desert, and they become impatient. And with impatient, they will start complaining, and they will start blaming, and they may even start fighting amongst themselves, within the community. They may even walk away from each other. <clears throat> and so they become impatient with God, and they start speaking against God and against Moses. Now, it is important for me to underline that they speak against God and against Moses because they are impatient. And so I'm learning something absolutely interesting that sometimes out of that feeling of frustration, we may do or say things that we don't necessarily intend, but we want to deal with the anger, the frustration, the bitterness, whatever is going on within ourselves, and we want to let it out, and we want to deal with it, and sometimes we do not know how to deal with that. And so the author is able to remind his community and also to remind us that sometimes we may become impatient. And out of that impatience, we may start to blame other people. And so we can blame other people for things that are beyond their control, number one. Number two, we can blame them for things that is not their fault. It is probably our own doing 
or it could be just nature doing whatever it wants to do on us. But they became impatient. And so the, the, the first question for me to ask is, how do I deal with impatience from within me? How do I deal with my own impatience when I become impatient with myself? Where I have set goals. This is what I want to do. This is what I want to achieve. This is where I would have wanted to be in my life. And there are moments where we set goals for ourselves. And for one reason or the other, we don't meet them. We fail or we are delayed. So how do I deal with that? Do I give up? Do I give in? Do I walk away? Do I brush it off? Or do I go back and revisit the goal and want to do something out of it? Can God become impatient with us? We know that we can become impatient with God, but can God become impatient with us? Well, if you read the scriptures, Jesus, you can find that in the lips, on the lips of Jesus, when he says, for how long must I be with you till you understand? And so there's a sense of impatience there, of frustration, of saying, but I've given you everything. What, what more do you want? What, what's wrong with this generation? And so it, it gives us an indication that, yeah, sometimes God can become impatient. And so there's something that we could learn from impatience, that it, it means there was an expectation which has not yet been met. And so these people had an expectation. Now we need to ask ourselves, was that expectation real? Because some of the expectations may not be real. We may put before ourselves expectations that are not real, time frame that is not realistic. And so we need to ask ourselves, yes, we know what we want, we know how we want to do it, but is that real? And that's an important question because sometimes the problem is not with what we want, but the problem is with the time frame. Or sometimes the problem is with what we want. Whatever we want is, is it's just be beyond our control and it is not real. So the important thing is the reality was that which they wanted real. They spoke against God and against Moses. They spoke against authority. But there's something that I'm also finding absolutely interesting. Sometimes we tend to lash out on those whom we love or on those who show us love, care, and concern. They are closest to us. And they, they somehow take the brunt of our anger, of our bitterness, of our frustration. We lash out to them because they are the closest to us and so they are the next closest thing to us. And whether it is intended or not intended, they tend to take the brunt. And so they, being God and Moses, have become victim of their initial love, care, and concern for the people. And so... I need to ask myself in moments when I get frustrated, when I get impatient and when I start letting it out or, or, or lashing out, 
Who's the victim? Who are the people that take the brunt? Who are the people that suffer the most? My anger, my outburst, and my frustrations. And I need to acknowledge that. And as a human person, I need to make amends and amends with that. And when possible, to apologize and to try and do a different thing and to deal with it differently. Because half the time, the people who hurt and harm, they don't deserve it. They don't deserve the, the, the frustration, the lashing out, the anger, because they do out of love. They are with us, not out of an obligation. They are with us because they want to be with us. If they did not want to be with us, they would have walked away. And they too are carrying their own crosses. They too have their own burdens. They too have their own lives to live. And so as they speak against God and against Moses, I, I need to ask myself, how then as a victim with inverted commas, do I deal with those who lash out at me? Am I able to see that this is not personal? That whatever they are doing or saying may not necessarily be intended, but this is a way in which, unfortunately, they are dealing with their own demons. They are dealing with their own frustrations. They are dealing with their own trials. And I just happen to be at the wrong place at the wrong time. And so I don't have to stop loving I don't have to stop caring. I don't have to stop being kind just because someone else seems to lash out at me. And that's an important thing, and yet it is a hard thing to do. How do you continue to love, to minister, to care for someone who seems not to want you there in their lives? So in speaking against God, they ask him, why have you brought us up out of Egypt to die in the wilderness? It sounds absolutely insensitive after everything that God has done. And they ask God, why did you do it? You should have left, you should have left us there. You should have left us to die. You should have left us to, to remain slaves. You should have left us in that desolate state. And we forget that they are the same people who who were crying out to God. If you read Exodus chapter 3, God says, I've heard the cries of my people. I have seen your misery. I am now coming down to liberate you. They are the same people who were crying out to God. They are the same people who were saying, Lord, where are you? And God says, I'm here to liberate you. And so sometimes I think as human beings, we, we tend to minimize everything. And, 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 and we focus on the now and we forget that God has carried us through it all. We focus on whatever the problem is at hand and we forget that whatever problem I'm going through now, God is able to, to conquer it. God is able to sort it because I know of what he has achieved and done in my own life in the past. And if we were to be honest with ourselves, you and I know what God has achieved in our lives. There were moments when things were tough. 
There were moments when everybody else thought we'll never make it. There were moments when we wanted to give up. But look at us now. And look at what God has done in our lives. And we, there is a temptation of looking at the negative thing and creating a mountain out of a mole hill. I'm not denying that whatever we may be going through is huge, it's big. But it's not worse than what we've been through. It may look worse now, but years to come, we will look back and we will laugh and be like, wow, he is a great God. And so these people, when they, they blame God and, and when they, they belittle the mercy and the love that God has done, it, it shows the, the, the sadness of, of humanity. That sometimes we, we, we forget the magnitude of God. And sometimes we, instead of telling whatever situation, how great is our God, we, we tend to go to God and to make him feel as if he cannot deal with anything in our lives. And so whatever we are going through today in our lives, personally, in your family, amongst your friends, know that he will save us. Know that he is a faithful God. May Almighty God bless you. May he protect you. May Mother Mary pray with you. May the one who gave us Jesus Christ be a mother to you, to your family, and to your loved ones. May Almighty God bless you, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen.